Welcome to Misty 101 podcast. We hope that you enjoy this episode of our podcast. Iran leader signals support for nuke talks at critical stage. Iran's supreme leader on Monday signaled support for Tehran's nuclear negotiations to secure sanctions relief, a rare reference to the still halted talks as world powers near a diplomatic turning point. Ayatollah Ali Khamenei stressed the importance of Iranian economic self-sufficiency during a lengthy televised speech on the occasion of Nowruz, the Persian New Year. But he quickly added, I do not say that you should not seek to lift the sanctions. Those who are trying and working in that field, there is no problem. Khamenei whose pronouncements are considered vital as he has the final say on all state matters in Iran, has remained largely silent on the negotiations to restore Tehran's nuclear deal with world powers. His vague but supportive comments signaled that Iranian negotiators retained political space and flexibility. Former President Donald Trump withdrew the U.S. from the nuclear accord in 2018. President Joe Biden promised to revive it. Painstaking talks in Vienna have dragged on for the past year. Iran, its economy strangled, has urged sanctions relief but sought to resist tough Western demands. Negotiations nearly reached completion earlier this month before Moscow demanded that its trade with Iran be exempted from Western sanctions over Ukraine, throwing the process into disarray. Negotiators have yet to reconvene in the Austrian capital, and it's unclear exactly what hurdles lie ahead. The essence of the issue is to run the country in such a way that sanctions cannot hit the country seriously Khamenei said, praising the hardline government of President Ibrahim Raisi for boosting Iran's trade with its neighbors and shipping Iranian crude abroad despite sanctions. There is another way for us to use oil revenues for the country's infrastructure. In his remarks, Khamenei also weighed in on Russia's war in Ukraine, echoing some of President Vladimir Putin's talking points without ever mentioning Russia at all. You look at Ukraine, its president who was appointed by Western governments, what a sharp tone he now uses to address the West Khamenei said, extolling Iran's resistance to foreign interference and military development since the 1979 Islamic Revolution. The choice of our nation was not surrender to arrogance, it was resistance, it was maintaining independence. Iran generally considers Russia an ally and feels united with Putin's anti-American and anti-Western stances. Trump reveals terrifying plan for what he'd do about Russia if he was in power. Former President Donald Trump claimed he would threaten Russia and its President Vladimir Putin for the war on Ukraine by sending nuclear submarines, if he were still in the White House. Trump made his latest bold remark in a phone interview on Monday with Fox Business host Stuart Vonnie. The ex-president said, you should say, look. You mention that word one more time and we're gonna send, submarines, over and we'll be coasting back and forth, up and down your coast. That was after Trump bizarrely referred to nuclear weaponry as the N-word, the nuclear word. When Vonnie asked what Trump would provide to Ukraine that his successor Joe Biden has not, 
The 45th president did not give a straight answer. There's this discussion about whether we should send jets, MiG jets to help the Ukrainian Air Force, Vonny said. Would you send in that kind of help? Trump replied, well maybe even more, to be honest with you. But when Vonny pressed, like what, Mr. President, like what? Trump went on a slight tangent on the human tragedy in Ukraine. Trump did not further detail what he would send. Let me just explain that Putin is saying things like, don't you dare send anything in. In the meantime he's killing thousands and thousands of people Trump said. So he's acting like we're an aggressor if we send in some old 44-year-old plane that probably gets shot at in the sky pretty quickly, and he's acting like we're terrible people if we do that. But he's killing tens of thousands of people, far more than they're reporting. Trump stated, as he has many times in the past, that Russia would have never, ever started a war with Ukraine if he was still president. He also brought up his administration sending Javelin anti-tank systems to Ukraine. Trump did so, however, after trying to withhold close to $400 million in military aid to Kyiv while attempting to pressure Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky into launching a probe on Biden. Vonnie tried the question one more time on Trump, saying, well let me press you again on what extra military help you would give the Ukrainians. Trump then began speaking about drones being just as effective as anything nowadays. You can do drones, plus they give back tremendous amounts of information, and the information leads missiles to whatever the hell target they are Trump said. Biden on Wednesday announced $800 million more in security assistance to Ukraine, bringing the total U.S. contribution to more than $1 billion in the course of a week. That package included roughly 2,600 Javelin anti-armor systems and 100 drones. Sunak could revise state pension increase. Pensioners would get £364 extra via 7% rise. Many people in Britain are currently struggling financially amid a cost-of-living crisis, not least pensioners. A financial expert has suggested Chancellor of the Exchequer Rishi Sunak could revise April's state pension increase as a result. In February, the Bank of England predicted inflation could rise to more than 7% in the coming months, while the state pension is set to rise by less than half that amount. Last week, the central bank said it expected inflation to increase to around 8% in spring 2022, and perhaps even higher later in the year. Laura Suter, head of personal finance at Urge Bell, believes Mr Sunak could announce some forms of financial relief. Last week, she said, next week's spring statement is only meant to be an economic update, not a full-blown budget. But with a cost-of-living crisis hitting the headlines and people across the country struggling to pay soaring bills for energy, food or petrol, it seems impossible that Chancellor Rishi Sunak will ignore all that and not offer any help to the UK public. Pensioners have particularly struggled financially in recent times as the cost of living has soared. Inflation currently sits at 5.5%. 
which is a 30-year high. Originally a state pension rise of 8.1% appeared to be on the cards under the terms of the triple lock policy, but the government prevented this from being the case. The triple lock policy ensures the state pension rises each year by the highest of the following figures. The rate of inflation. Average earnings growth. 2.5%. The projected 8.1% state pension increase was a result of an unusually high average earnings growth rate. However, the government decided that an increase to the state pension would not be fair to taxpayers, as they believed the earnings growth figure was being artificially inflated by the number of people returning to work from the furlough scheme. The decision was therefore taken to temporarily remove the earnings link from the triple lock for the 2022 forward 23 tax year. Instead, the 3.1% rise was announced, in line with inflation for the 12 months to September 2021. But with inflation skyrocketing in the months since the state pension increase was locked in, Ms. Suter believes pensioners have been placed in a difficult position. She said, pensioners relying on the state pension are going to be hit hard in the current cost-of-living crisis as they are getting a below-inflation increase in their pension payments of 3.1%. Ms. Suter explained that pensioners are a group which spends more of their money on things like energy bills and food, which have seen large price raises. She suggested that the government could announce a revised state pension rise to provide some relief to pensioners. The government ditched the triple lock this year as the wage inflation figure was so high, but it could revise the inflation figure it uses for the state pension uplift, to better reflect the current inflationary environment she said. Interestingly, the latest inflation figures are released on the same morning as the spring statement raising questions about whether an alternative measure of inflation will be generated to base any state pension increase on. Currently the 3.1% increase in the new state pension will take weekly payments to £185.17, while the basic state pension will rise to £141.87. If they instead rose by 7%, Pensioners on the new state pension would see an extra £364 a year, while those on the basic state pension would get £279 a year more. State pension, DWP makes new commitment to triple lock, bumper increase on the way. State pension payments underwent a 3.1% increase this year, as the triple lock was temporarily suspended. However, the policy is set to return next year, reiterated by the latest announcement directly from the Department for Work and Pensions, DWP. Last night, the Work and Pensions Secretary Thais Coffey confirmed the government remains committed to the triple lock for the remainder of Parliament. This is likely to be great news for those who feared the removal of the triple lock policy for good. Dr. Coffey was probed on the matter by her Labour counterpart Jonathan Ashworth, who asked, will she rule out breaking the triple lock for a second year in a row? She did not give that guarantee at the dispatch box. The secretary responded, 
The honorable gentleman asked multiple questions, and I did answer at least one of his questions earlier. But the answer is yes, I do make that commitment. Pensioners are likely to be reassured by the triple lock promise, especially in the face of a cost of living crisis and soaring inflation. Although there may be financial challenges in the short term, experts have suggested there could be a lot to look forward to when it comes to the state pension. Stephen Cameron, pensions director at Egon, said, looking ahead, there's a good chance that state pensioners will be in for a bumper increase in April 2023. The Bank of England's latest prediction is that inflation might reach 8% in the spring and could be even higher later in the year. The April 2023 increase will include inflation till September 2022, which could then be near its peak of 8% or above. The triple lock will pay this, or even more if earnings growth is higher again. Without any government tinkering, this could put state pensioners on target for a bumper 8% plus increase in 2023, potentially the highest increase ever, compensating for the relatively low increase this April. Despite this, Mr Cameron acknowledged a year could be a long time for some to wait to catch up. Indeed, sadly some will not live to see the increases which could be on the horizon. However, there may be an opportunity looming for the Chancellor Rishi Sunak to provide further support. Mr Sunak is delivering his spring statement in lieu of the usual budget tomorrow, and it is hoped a helping hand will be extended to pensioners. Mr Cameron added, one approach would be to offer a higher state pension increase this April in return for a lower rise next April. For example, he could raise this year's increase by 2.5% to 5.6%, but then pay 2.5% less than whatever the triple lock rise would have been next April. If as is being predicted price inflation were 8% next September, and if this were above earnings, state pensioners would still receive 5.5% next April. While this would come at a cost to the Chancellor for the coming tax year, it would be financially neutral in later years as the state pension from April 2023 would be the same as it would have been. But in the meantime, state pensioners would have benefited from an extra 2.5%, or around £4.50 a week for someone on the full state pension. Aliens, UFOs and government files Meet the Harvard astronomer who says aliens have already visited us. One of A.V.I. Loeb's most vivid childhood memories is sitting at the family dinner table at his family farm in Israel asking difficult questions about the mysteries of the universe. As he recalls, the adults would either pretend to know the answer or dismiss the question when they didn't. Now 60 the longest-serving chair of Harvard's Department of Astronomy say that a deep intellectual rot has set in in academia that has left many of his contemporaries behaving like the unquestioning know-it-alls who tried to silence him as a kid. I thought that by becoming a scientist, I would be surrounded by like-minded people that want to find the answers to questions based on collecting evidence and trying to figure it out, you know, like a detective. And. Unfortunately, 
that's not the reality right now. Professor Olob is a prolific writer, and has long espoused strong beliefs on speculative ideas in theoretical physics, on subjects like black holes and the possibility that life can shift from one planet to another. But it was only when he turned his focus to investigating the existence of alien life that he became truly controversial. For him it always seemed obvious that aliens not only existed, but had already visited Earth. To think otherwise would be the height of human arrogance. He explains, we know the Earth is not unique, it's very common, and about half of the sun-like stars have a planet the size of the Earth, roughly the same distance. And most stars from billions of years before the sun. So all I'm saying is just use common sense. Okay. The conditions here on Earth, were replicated, you know tens of billions of times in the Milky Way galaxy alone, and the trillion galaxies like it in the universe, how can you claim that you're privileged if your neighborhood is reproduced in so many other places? It was the publication of his best-selling 2021 book Extraterrestrial, the first sign of intelligent life beyond Earth that set him at odds with the scientific establishment. Extraterrestrial's central claim is that a pancake-shaped space rock about the size of a football field dubbed Oumuamua, Hawaiian for Scout, which was only visible to scientists for 11 days in 2017 was an interstellar technology built by aliens. The origins of Oumuamua remains a fiercely debated topic among scientists, some concluded it might be made of solid hydrogen. Others believed it was a comet that was propelled out of its native solar system, a cloud of loosely bound dust particles, or an iceberg made out of nitrogen. Professor Olob's studies concluded it was not an asteroid or a comet, it was moving too fast along a strange orbit, it tumbled rather than spun, and left no trail of gas or debris in its wake. Oumuamua's was extreme dimensions. 400 meters long and perhaps 10 times as long as it is wide, perplexing brightness, sail-like movements, and dramatic acceleration to 196,000 miles per hour, 87 kms per second, as it left the solar system convinced Professor Olob it was mankind's first confirmed sighting of intelligent extraterrestrial life. He had long believed it was only a matter of time before we encountered aliens, so why not give this indefinable object the benefit of the doubt? Professor Olob is scathing of the broader scientific community's consensus that we may never know what it was. He describes his fellow astronomers' attempts to explain Oumuamua as like a caveman finding a smartphone. If a Neanderthal had discovered an iPhone 13 he probably would have believed it to be a strange rock. But of course there is a way to find out, the cave dweller could press a few buttons and work out that this object records your voice, and that it was not a rock, but something else. But you need to be open-minded for that, you need to be willing to collect evidence that may surprise you. I don't mind being attacked personally just because people are not willing to entertain that. Extraterrestrial became a media sensation, and Professor Olob says more than 30 filmmakers got in touch with him wanting to develop the book into a film. 
He is currently working on a documentary with the producers of the 2016 film Arrival. Professor Olob estimates he has conducted more than 2,000 interviews in the past year. He sees communication with the lay public as more important than discussing ideas in the closed science world, saying he's had to develop titanium skin to shield from the criticism. He often tells the story of Galileo Galilei, who after discovering that the Earth revolves around the Sun four centuries ago spent the last ten years of his life under house arrest. Today, they would have cancelled him on social media Professor Loeb tells The Independent, adding he doesn't have any accounts. The enormous interest in the book and endless fascination with unidentified aerial phenomena saw him step down after three terms as the head of astronomy at Harvard and launch a new endeavor to search for extraterrestrial life, the Galileo Project. Professor Loeb says the aim of the project is to build a series of telescopes that will use infrared and visible light cameras, radio and audio sensors to scour the night sky for objects that are not natural or man-made, and use artificial intelligence to analyze them. Its first telescope is being constructed on the roof of the Harvard College Observatory, and Professor Loeb hopes it will eventually link with many others around the world. Unlike the information held on unidentified aerial phenomena, UAPs, by the U.S. government, all of the data collected from the project will be shared with the public. Last year the U.S. intelligence community released a long-awaited report on what it knows about a series of mysterious flying objects that have been seen moving through restricted military airspace over the last several decades. The results were disappointing, the government admitted it knew very little and had not confirmed any of the unexplained sightings as being extraterrestrial. It is establishing a new office, the Airborne Object Identification and Management Synchronization Group to document and analyze reports of encounters with unidentified objects unidentified aerial phenomena or UAPs predominantly from military pilots. Professor Loeb hasn't seen any of the classified information held by U.S. authorities and neither does he want to, as it could inhibit his ability to share what he discovers freely. You know, if we find that all these unidentified objects have mundane explanations, for example they are birds, drones, weather balloons, airplanes, or satellites, that would be fine. I think that's also an important service to the community, because we are clarifying that there is nothing unusual after checking it carefully. The secrecy around what the U.S. government knows means it can't be analyzed properly, or subject to peer review. So there is suspicion that maybe the government knows much more than he does. And I don't have any insight about that. But then the public speculate and the scientific community ridicules the subject. That's not a healthy situation. Professor Loeb has $2 million confirmed funding for the project from a philanthropic group of supporters, and says he needs $100 million to fully realize his dream. The figure is only 2% of the $5 billion budget of the Large Hadron Collider, and a tiny fraction of Elon Musk's SpaceX project, which is valued at around $100 billion. 
the funding constraints holding back extraterrestrial research make even less sense than the lack of progress on climate change. With climate change, we understand that fossil fuel industries entangled with politics are preventing us from moving in the right direction quickly enough. But in the context of extraterrestrials, it's not that because there is no commercial benefit, and there is no political reason as far as I can see to suppress our knowledge. I think it's mostly that humans naturally prefer to flatter their ego. We prefer to believe that we are the center of the world, that we are the smartest, there is nothing else. This is really crazy, you know. A.V.I. Loeb grew up collecting eggs, riding tractors and reading philosophy in the hills around his family farm in Beit Hanna, central Israel. Born 14 years after the formation of the Jewish state, he was conscripted into the Israeli Defense Force and joined its advanced academic program, gaining a PhD in plasma physics from the Hebrew University of Jerusalem aged 24. He admits he might have returned to the family farm if it wasn't for an offer in 1983 to join Ronald Reagan's Strategic Defense Initiative, more commonly referred to as the Star Wars program a missile defense system designed to protect the United States from a ballistic nuclear attack. He went on to join Princeton University where he began working in theoretical astrophysics, and moved to Harvard in 1993, where he has been tenured for the past 25 years. He lives in Lexington, Massachusetts, with his wife Offrey Liviaton, and daughters Latham and Clill. At Harvard, he says he encountered a hint of the elitism in the student body that he has seen in academia. I tell students in my class at Harvard, that half of you are below the median of the class. You know, that's the way the median is defined, that half of the class in any class is below the median. And of course, they have a hard time accepting that. We humans have this tendency to think that we're special, unique privileged, and so forth. A lot of what we do in life is driven by our ego, you know, trying to prove that we are better than the other person, we are superior to that. It's not lost on Professor Loeb that while he wants to communicate with interplanetary beings, back on Earth, humankind seems to be finding it harder to communicate with one another. Human history is very often driven by a group of people feeling superior to another group of people. If we find that we are not the smartest kid on the cosmic block, it will give us a different perspective. All the differences between humans will become irrelevant. Professor Loeb believes he will find proof of extraterrestrial life in his lifetime. The reason I look for intelligence in space is because it's hard to find on Earth. We hope that you have enjoyed our podcast. We thank you for your support. We hope to see you again next time.